Have you ever been in a group with young people, asked a question, and was met with total silence? Or have you tried talking one-on-one with a young person, only to face that same awkward silence? As a caring adult, this is not uncommon to experience. We want young people to talk, to share, and to be actively engaged with us in those ways. Often, we also have another way that we want to see young people use their voice. Today, we are going to look at what it means to encourage youth to use their voice. So let's go ahead and get started. Have you ever felt that we are losing young people to the world around them and that they have already chosen to walk away from Jesus without even knowing him? And did you know that all young people are at risk for something? That's why I want to welcome you to the Jesus is my hashtag podcast where positive youth development and youth ministry intersect. I'm your host, Deb Schroeder. Join me weekly for encouragement, resources, and strategies to assist you in helping young people make Jesus their hashtag. One thing I am often asked about is how do I get young people to use their voice? Honestly, the phrase use their voice can mean different things to each one of us. But when I hear the phrase, use their voice, it's more than just talking or answering a question. In my head, it sounds like I'm asking a young person to be bold, to speak up, to speak out about something. To me, this phrase sounds so much more than just public speaking skills and getting comfortable talking in front of others. In fact, in youth ministry, this idea of young people using their voice is often connected to sharing about their faith or evangelism. And it can also be connected to standing up for others who are being wronged or treated unfairly. Looking at the phrase, use their voice from this perspective, from more than just public speaking, makes me realize just how hard it can be for a young person. It is no surprise to me that not every young person is willing or confident enough to do that. Understanding that these teen years are a stage of development, I know that young people are in progress. They are developing the knowledge, skills, and attributes necessary to transition throughout adolescence and into adulthood, and they are right in the middle of figuring out who they are and what they believe. Just for a second, I want to have you travel back in time with me to when you were a young person, a teenager. Do you remember what it was like for you as a middle school or high school student? Were you quick to speak up, quick to speak out about things that needed changed? Did you always defend the person who needed help? Were you always willing to share your ideas and your beliefs in a small group? What about in a large group? And did you feel comfortable talking one-on-one with an adult? As a young person, what might have gotten in your way? Were you afraid of what others would say or how you would look? Were you unsure of what you believed? Were you just too busy to get involved in a situation? Or was the risk of speaking out greater than the reward? When we remember what it was like as a young person, sometimes that can help us to have a fresh perspective on challenges that youth may face. It also helps us to remember that confidence and experience we have as an adult, that comes with time. So I can't exactly expect a young person to start where I am now. And let's be honest here, even as an adult, You might be able to identify a time where you didn't use your voice, and you could have. 
Sadly, I can identify moments like that as an adult where I wish I had a do-over to speak out more strongly, to be more confident, to be more bold. Using our voice, regardless of our age, it's not always an easy thing to do. So then what does it look like to encourage young people to use their voice? In terms of positive youth development, encouraging youth to use their voice begins with the environment and relationship that we create with young people. First, we need to work at creating a safe environment for our young people. This environment means that we are building a relationship with youth. It means that we are getting to know them and allowing them space to figure out what they believe. We are engaging in conversations where they can trust that what they say will be held in confidence unless it harms themselves or others. We are listening to the young people rather than trying to persuade them to believe as we do. Part of this safe environment, it means that young people can say things that we don't agree with. And in my experience in working with young people, sometimes they say things for a shock factor. They are testing us to see how we will respond and how we will react. In situations like this, when we can tap into our knowledge of and our relationship with a young person, it will help us to gauge what that youth is trying to do. There are times we may have to call a young person out on that type of behavior. In other times, we may need to give them the space to sort out for themselves what they are saying and what they believe. As you think about encouraging the young people in your life to use their voice, make sure that you are taking time to build a relationship and an environment that is safe. You can't rush this. Truthfully, if you don't have these things with young people, they are most likely not going to develop this ability to use their voice in healthy and positive ways. Second, I already mentioned that you can't rush building a relationship in a safe environment with young people. But you also cannot rush a young person. We have to let young people go at their own pace. Not all young people have a goal for themselves to stand up for others, to speak out about things that they see are wrong. And no matter how much we want this, not all young people desire to share their faith. Our youth need to know that they get to not only go at their own pace, they also get to decide how and when they use their voice. If we push young people to use their voice before they're ready or before they desire to do so, we are changing our safe environment. We are pushing them further away from us. And in some ways, we actually are encouraging them to close down and not use their voice at all. Now, you might be wondering, how is it possible for a young person to not want to stand up for others? That just might seem wrong to you. But think again about the questions that I asked when you were reflecting on your own teen years. Think about the amount of pressure a young person faces from their peers and even in their home environments. We don't want to send the message to a young person that they're less than or that they're a bad person because they're not ready to use their voice in the way we want them to. At the same time, we also don't want to limit or define for a young person what using their voice looks like. I think of my daughter and her group of friends who created a group chat with a young man who has some social challenges. Some students in their grade choose to egg him on and try to get him to have outbursts. But my daughter and her friends, they have chosen to invite him into their group in a way that allows him to feel accepted by his peers. And they have created a safe environment for this young man. 
because it is a private group chat separate from other students who might pick on him. When this young man walks up to the girls in school, they talk to him, they engage with him, they don't make fun of him, and they don't turn their back on him. Sure, you could easily say these girls are not using their voice. However, they are doing something one step further. They are modeling how they want this young man to be treated. Not only do we need to allow young people to go at their own pace in using their voice, but we also need to allow young people to decide what that looks like for them. That has to go hand in hand with encouraging youth in this way. Third, we need to help youth weigh risk versus reward. Young people often think in terms of risk versus reward. In any number of different situations, even safe situations, they may be asking themselves, if I step out of my comfort zone, is the risk I am taking worth it? And if the answer is no, it is definitely harder for them to want to speak up or speak out. For many youth, they may wait or rely on others to do the speaking and addressing the hard stuff. As a caring adult, when we help youth start to weigh the risk versus reward of using their voice, we do this by asking mostly open-ended questions. For example, some of the questions I might ask a young person includes, what did you see in that situation that you didn't like? How would you like to have seen it be different or to change? What could you or someone else have done to have changed things? What would people have thought if someone had done or said something? What do you think is the worst thing that could have happened to you if you had spoken up or had done something? If you had a chance to do it differently, would you want to do it? And why would you want to do it? Do you think it would help to plan a way to act in case something like that happens again? Would you like to work with me to put a plan in place for the future? Having a conversation with a young person about risks versus rewards helps them to process through their emotions. The goal is, of course, not to make a young person feel bad, even if you think they should have taken the risk. The goal is to get them to think about what happened and what could have shifted the risks to a reward situation. Now, having a conversation does not mean that a young person will change and do something entirely different in the future. The risks and the rewards are very real to a young person. What may not seem like a big risk to me can seem insurmountable to a young person. We need to remember that when we are engaging young people. The other thing that having a conversation with youth does is that it provides a chance to plan ahead. If a young person has walked through a situation and they can visualize how the situation could be different in the future, It can build confidence and even a potential plan of action. Finally, I want to look at how we can create opportunities to practice using our voice as a way to encourage young people. In episodes 7 through 20, I took us on a journey to a construction site. That's where I talked about the work that we do with young people being very similar to a construction zone because youth are in development. Another way to look at the work you do with young people is to consider it a training ground. In a training ground, all young people are there to learn and grow. There will be practice opportunities and different activities that promote development. And youth all will be at different stages of skills, knowledge, and experience. They will also have different levels of confidence. 
If we want youth to be able to use their voice and grow in this skill, they need to have safe ways to practice doing so where the risk is low and the reward is higher. Here are three activities that you can use. Activity number one, 30 second spotlight. One year, I used this with a group of high school girls. Since we were meeting weekly, I would identify one young person to share something positive that happened in the past month. Now, before I asked a young person to do this, I modeled it for several weeks. Did you catch that? I modeled for young people what I wanted them to do. Now, the key here is that it was 30 seconds, a very short time frame, and they were only speaking in front of a group of eight other students. And we had already been together, so the environment was safe, and we had a relationship with each other. Every group of young people that I have ever been a part of always seems to have one young person who likes to talk and share about themselves. Here's a hint. Pick that young person to go first. Don't start with the youth who never likes to share or talk in front of the group. And a way of not choosing yourself is, of course, asking for volunteers. But my surefire way is drawing names. And yes, I have been known to rig whose name I pick first so that we begin with a more confident young person. The goal of this exercise is not at all about what they share. It is to get them speaking and hearing their own voice. When youth practice speaking aloud, even in small and simple ways, it helps to build their confidence and it encourages them to speak up and speak out in the future. Activity number two, smaller group sharing. If you are someone who is nervous about speaking in public, even a small group of only eight people can seem huge. If you have the ability to break a group into smaller groups of three or four young people, This can be helpful for many youth, especially as you're starting out. You might have an icebreaker question or a question that follows a message that young people just heard that you can ask. The goal here is that each person in this smaller group would feel more comfortable sharing. The beauty of this is that every other group is sharing at the same time, and it's louder in a room. So a young person who really doesn't want to be heard will most likely appreciate that other group noise. If three or four young people is still too large of a group, you can break it down even further and have them start by pairing up. As a facilitator, one of the things I often do is float around the room during discussions. It allows me to check that everyone is sharing, but I am also able to hear what is being shared. I can then ask larger group questions, or I can even give an example of something I heard without naming names. This puts the ideas of individual group members into the larger group without being detailed about who said what. Activity number three, sticky note answers. Another thing that I have used in the past is to offer sticky notes and pins to a group. I've asked questions and had them write their answers this way. For a young person that is still too uncomfortable to share aloud, this gives them a place to use their voice in a very safe way. Now a word of advice, make sure your sticky notes and pens are the same color so they are more unidentifiable at a quick glance. This can be a start for a young person who wants to share but doesn't have the confidence to do so or feels that the risks are too high. In some situations, it's appropriate that you're reading aloud the answers or you may simply be taking the answers back and then building another conversation around what was shared on those sticky notes. Now, you might be thinking at this point, 
that those are just three small ways to practice public speaking. And you might even be wondering how these ideas are really going to help a young person begin to use their voice in a way that helps others and is more bold and can help make a change. Remember, the goal is to create a safe environment for young people where relationships and trust can be built. The exercises or activities that you use don't have to have this great big impact. They just need to be a small step. After all, a small step is still a step, and it starts to lay the foundation for more growth. And taking small steps can feel less risky. When we look at positive youth development and what it includes, a part of it is helping young people to take ownership. We have to let young people go at their own pace and determine for themselves how and when they want to use their own voice. Your job, fellow youth worker, is to be there and provide encouragement. As you know by now, I do like to offer a challenge to move us all towards action. This next week, be thinking about one small way you can help young people practice using their voice. It may be something that you are already doing. Please go visit my Facebook and Instagram pages. There you will see a post that asks for listeners like yourself to share some of their own tips and strategies for helping young people use their voice. You can snag some ideas and share some of your own. You've got this. You can find the link to my pages in the show notes. And don't forget to join me for the next Jesus is my hashtag podcast. Hey there, fellow youth workers. Thanks for tuning in today. Remember what Matthew 937 tells us. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. In other words, keep showing up and keep caring.